Okay, here we are at the uh, December 11th, 2014 Science Fiction Club meeting, and this month we're talking about 21st Century Science Fiction, a uh, rather large anthology edited by David G. Hartwell and Patrick Nielsen. Uh-oh. Well, I'm not prepared for this meeting. Okay, I've been very busy for the holidays. But anyway, um, Patrick Nielsen Hayden. Is it Nate Hayden Nielsen? No, I think it's Nielsen Hayden. Anyway, uh, we can go around and uh, see what people thought about it in general. I have some things uh, to say. I don't, we'll get to it, in, and everybody will get a chance. Okay. I'll start off. I was sort of against the idea of reading an anthology to begin with when you chose the book last month. Um, I find it rather difficult to remember. There's so many different stories, uh, some of which would have been good if they were novels, I think. But uh, it's all jumbled in my mind now, and I, you know, there's, there were so many of them that it's hard to remember which ones stand out. So I found it a little, a little overwhelming, although I just finished it yesterday. And there are a few stories that, I, that I've seen, you know, that I do vaguely remember, but I let other people generally talk about what their thoughts were. Well, I was glad. I'm glad for anthologies because one thing about an anthology, if you don't finish the whole thing, you can still be conversant about it. And um, um, since I've been my mom's um, caregiver lately and, still having to work and everything i wasn't able to finish the whole anthology but that said um, a lot of the stories are really standing out and i'm anxious to read it and i'll just read it as you know i want to now that this group will be over tonight as far as um, discussing it but i i really have enjoyed the stories that i have read um, the ones that so far have stuck out for me has been you know the infinities that which was the first one about the math teacher I really, that was a long one, but boy, it was a fascinating one. And then also the one about the suit, uh, the guy that had to put on the alien suit, and he went in and they, he was gradually losing his own personality and his head fell off at the end. I can't remember the name of that one. Uh, that one terrified me. It gave me nightmares forever. And then uh, I would say bombs and bread, the one I'm told from the children's um, um, viewpoint and at the end they're out playing in the snow that that one really fascinated me and and then one that I really wanted to get people's feelings on because I didn't quite understand it and it was terrifying in its own way was the rogue farm the one that the, the farm came up and was talking and all this that you know that I don't know that there was something fascinating and a little creepy about that one too forgive me for coming back in so soon but what I found interesting Carla I thought you might I would have thought, you know, being um, teacher of Spanish was that uh, one of the books, uh, one of the stories I think was called Finisterra that had to do with that floating island in, in, above the planet, and, and, and there was a lot of Spanish, uh, Spanish inter, interspersed there, and that, I found that rather interesting. Yeah, that one and that, um, the one about the, you know, the thing, the one that, you, I don't know how, I wonder how they spelled that name, you know, they were, they're talking with all these fricatives and consonants and no vowels and what about the guy that lost his briefcase yes you're right that that one was an interesting one too um but yes i do get caught up in the linguistics of certain things too i like the anthology idea i still read analog and asimov every month so i like reading this stuff i can't say i liked most of these stories i did skip a lot of them 
I think my favorite one was near the beginning, and it's a Latin phrase, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's something like Eris Filius Agapa. And it's about Lucien, the robot that this woman bought to be her companion, and she had a small daughter who loved this guy too. And he ended up going off on his own in the desert to kind of, I guess, find himself. And I just thought it was beautifully written. It was it was sad, it was poignant, and I, I thought it was beautifully written. Um, the other one I liked, uh, I can't remember right now. I had to take notes, otherwise, like Martin, I would totally forget a lot of these. And there were some I just couldn't, I didn't understand what actually happened. Oh, that was one. There was one um, involving a waitress, and at the end she was tempted to expose her um, employers for being Jewish. And there were things in the book about um, people standing in line to get on a ship to go somewhere or something. And I, I never figured out what was going on in that story, but I did kind of like that one, too. I'll jump in. Um, Carla, the story you're thinking of is The Waters of Meribah. That one was one of my least favorites, unfortunately. The one with the Spanish was Finisterra, and I really liked that one, a gas giant planet that was made of oxygen and nitrogen the size of Jupiter. It was really cool. Um, I thought Rogue Form was very confusing. My favorite short stories were Paolo Bacigalupi's The Gambler, which I liked because of its portrayal of the news media. He's an interesting writer. I also liked one called Balancing Accounts, written by an author from New Orleans. I didn't understand it completely. It was about a spaceship that was sentient, trying to bring a human who was in some sort of stasis box to somewhere in the Saturn system. They don't really tell you why. Some of these stories needed more depth. For instance, Bombs and Bread, that you just mentioned to me about the children, had had stuff missing. It was like, why were they there? There was some, you just had to kind of fill in a lot of the blanks on some of these stories. The one about the robot who kind of raised the guy was kind of interesting as well. There was one about, um, I think it was sort of a male robot who gives birth to his own son that I thought was absolutely weird. I did like the one about the lady who was going to expose her employers for being Jewish, written by Joe Walton, I think her name was, who had, she had written a sort of fantasy book that I remember reading about a fairy tale in Great Britain. So she's written across genres. There's so many stories I could mention and go on and on. They were interesting. I should have taken notes. My only complaint was the story should have been listed first as the story with a brief introduction on one beep and then the actual story on the second beep. It would have made it easier to jump around. Well, there were a few stories I enjoyed. Um, The one about the snood, I don't know if I pronounced that right. The one about um, Voyage of the Wicked or Tale of the Wicked was another one. Um, I don't know that I liked the narrator very much because most of the stories I didn't enjoy. Um, And I think it was narrator because there were a lot that would have been more interesting, I think, if they might have had a different narrator. I like the idea of the Jovian-sized planet with oxygen nitrogen. Um, I would like to know... who built it because um, they're not supposed to form that way by natural selection if I understand it 
Uh, and it had a lot, the stories had a lot of interesting technology in it, but I just couldn't relate to most of them. The one you were thinking, I think, is the Strood. And the one thing, yeah, I've forgotten about that one. Um, the one thing I really liked that is, is the irony, how the Strood was really out to help the guy. Um, there was a lot of irony in that one. Um, and um, that was... Um, I, I still, uh, of the ones that I've read so far, though, I think probably the most well-developed characters um, took place in the waters of Maribo and, and also in the Infinities. Of course, the Infinities was very long, so there was time to, to develop that math teacher. And I don't know, I was just really, um, um, you know, <laughs> fascinated by him being whisked into that other world and um, being able to see all the things that he saw. And um, it, it's sort of like, um, as a linguist, um, I had a, an experience. I, I'm no good at mathematics. Evan can attest to that. I gave every uh, our math teachers every gray hair that they ever had. Um, but um, um, this this business of just having an epiphany of, of um, well, he did it with math, but I know with, with language sometimes... When I discover a word and take it apart and discover where this word came from and what the root is and um, when you add the prefixes and suffixes and um, and having hypotheses, well, if, if such a word exists, does another word exist? Um, you know, it's it, there's just, you get a high doing things like that. You get a flow, and I, I think that's what he was doing with his with his math. That, uh, that math thing, I think that was a story that took place in India, right? And I... And I, I found it more interesting, the actual uh, description of the sociological conflict between the Hindus and the Muslims, more than the actual science, science fiction aspect of it. Well, Lucy and I didn't quite finish it. We got up to, we got about 80% of the way through, or a little over. Um, we got up to the Cage Baker story, Scattershot. I'm not sure, uh, we didn't start it, we just got up to the beginning of it. Um so the last story we read was his master's voice, which I wanted to get to. That was the Hanu Rajiemi story about the cat and the dog whose master made an illegal copy of himself, and they came and got him, and then they, the cat and the dog tried to rescue him. Um, we got up to that, but um, and uh, this is a little busy. We're it's called the holiday season, and I'm not sure why, because we're busier now than we are the rest of the year. Uh, so she's uh, uh, not going to be able to come in. She said she might come in and say hello and Merry Christmas before the meeting's over. But um, I like balancing accounts also. That was the one about the ship that was taking somebody, a human being, who was sounded like part of a divorce settlement or something. And they, um, the guy uh, it was a child. It was only like... Um, what he said, 30 kilograms or something, so I knew it couldn't be, a, you know, an adult human. Um, that was a great story. There was, you know, there was, from the ship's point of view, it actually had ethics. You know, it didn't want to, you know, betray its cargo, its its uh, client. Uh, Strood was also another really good one. That's uh, That story is part of uh, Neil Asher's Polity Universe, which has got several books in it. Um, which um, Bookshare has a lot of them from direct from the publisher, but I don't know if I want how many of them I want to read. A lot of them seem to be centered around war and stuff, and I'm not sure. But he's got quite an imagination. I've read um, some other stories he wrote, um, and uh, I also liked um, T. 
tick, 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 the one about the salesman on that insectile world. And I liked Rogue Farm, uh, but I like Charles Strauss quite a bit. He's, uh, you know, he's wrote the Accelerando uh, cycle, which was uh, was a great, you know, uh, set of uh, connected novellas. And he's written some other good stuff. And I also liked um, the... Um, Oh, man, I'm trying to think. Uh, I can't think. Anyway, uh, those were the main ones. I'll come up with others as time goes on, probably. Bread and Bombs, I couldn't get it. The author just seemed to be deliberately coy with that story. And even at the end, where she said there was a fire by the city hall, so we don't know, did the kids set the fire and burn up the adults who were arguing, or, or what happened there exactly? I don't know. I guess we're not supposed to know. Uh, we're just supposed to kind of imagine something, uh, but uh, who knows? Uh, Waters of Mariba. I finished that. Lissy couldn't get through that story. I finished it, but I really couldn't relate to it very well. Um, it was really kind of. Uh, I like weird, but it depends on what the weird is for. Uh, and that one just uh, didn't. I didn't get into that one very much at all. Um, so uh, that's uh, that's some of the stories uh, that I liked. We we didn't, um, as I said, we didn't quite finish it, but we will. Well, I didn't finish it either. In fact, I only got maybe about a third of the way through. Um, I'm really not at all fond of short stories, although I was thinking it was a great idea to do this um, anthology because I was looking for examples of things that I might want to read a longer work by some of these people. Unfortunately, I just find myself so bored with short stories that I, I just, you know, I'm not sure that anything that I read would really tempt me to read something else by that person. Now, having said that, I think some of the stories were pretty good, and a lot of them that people have mentioned. Um, Evan, I thought that it was fairly clear to me that the children had burned the house down where the refugee people were living. And um, and like somebody else mentioned, I thought that was a really beautifully written story. Um, probably the best as far as writing is concerned that I've read, and I've read down through erosion. Um, another thing that I thought was kind of interesting is there are at least two stories that deal with having basically a simulacrum of a person that is almost like a memorial, like the people in erosion, for one thing, the people, the bench people, the holograms on the benches in erosion. And then there was that other one where um, the company where they had the, um, where they where they made the robots that were sort of like memorials to people. And what an odd thing and what an odd supposition. I wonder what it is out there that has made that particular idea be something that people are writing about because I can't imagine wanting something like that. Now, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe that's something that's going to be like the next big thing. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I felt like a lot of the, of the stories were pretty gimmicky, which to me is often a problem with short stories in the science fiction genre. But then I'm kind of 
boo hiss on short stories in general. I just like my stories to be much more well-developed than what you can do in a short story. So that's my thoughts on it. I'm so glad I'm not alone. Thank you, Deborah. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of short stories either, but <clears throat> as you say, having said that, my, my problem with short stories is this. You get into a story, and some stories are very well developed, and they'll end on a good note, or not, not on a good note, that was the wrong word. They'll end, they'll end. And then sometimes you get into the story, and it ends with, to me, no ending. I hate that. I really do. That is annoying. Um, Rogue Farm was like that. I would have loved to have more to that story. That was a great story. I liked it. Go forward. Don't end it there, you know. Um, of course, I that could have been a story. Um, true, true, long story. I could see. I like to kind of add to stories when they're short like that. So I was like, okay, what, what could go forward with that, you know. Um I also liked um, the stories that you guys were talking about, the strewed bread and bombs. I I didn't understand the ending there either. That just didn't make sense. It was actually sad. It was a very sad story. Um, I liked the stories that you guys did. I, I skipped, oh, the one I liked, oh, what was it? It was the Ender's Game story. What was it? Um... I can't remember, but I really liked that one. That was a good good story. Um, the robot one, where he had the little girl and the and the other girl, that kind of reminds me of a movie called, I think it's called The Centenarian, and it's about this robot who basically is raised with these children, and he basically keeps going on throughout the generations. It's really, really kind of a slow, cool movie. And that story reminded me of that. And the narrator, oh, he was okay. Uh, the Also, who was it? Carla, I think you were talking about... Oh, no, Sherry, you were talking about that story um, about the how she was um, kind of... Betraying her employers. That was a weird story in itself. It just it just seemed to go every which way but loose. Every which way but witch or something. But um and as for the memorial story, the one with the the one with the dolls was kinda weird. And the one with the Yeah, it, I don't think I'd would want that, but it'll be interesting to see where we go. And how right or wrong the science fiction authors will be. I agree with Lilia about short stories. I don't often read them anymore, not because I actually hate short stories, but because I like a lot of annotation and from the book jacket, and you can't give too much information in a short story without giving it away. I thought the story she mentioned that was described as Ender's Game meets Lord of the Flies was good, but it was a touch homophobic. That got on my nerves because it seemed very puerile, like a child or something. That kind of did get on my nerves. Stroud was really good. I want one of those disease-eating aliens to eat all of my diseases. They could do a fortune with that here in our time and place. 
Another couple of stories that I liked was a uh, second person present tense where the girl has apparently OD'd on a drug and you're not really sure if, if she's died and her parents are trying to bring back a clone kind of thing or if the girl's memory has just been erased and they're really trying to bring back the original girl. I thought that was interesting. And then there was another one called The Prophet of Flores, which was about uh, some archae- I think they were archaeologists finding some DNA that apparently belonged to another human type species and at the end he was able to smuggle that out because people were trying to destroy it yeah uh leela that was the bicentennial man you were thinking of robin williams starred in that that was based on a story by asimov i believe um and i liked erosion also uh the one about the guy who was going off into space and fooled around and got himself caught under a rock and had to lose his foot um but um the um um i liked the prophet of flores actually that is sort of based on some reality in the sense that they found a dwarf human they were actually called some people actually call them hobbits on the island of flores Uh, i don't know if it was 10 years ago or marshall probably knows about this um who were, um, I don't know, four feet tall or three and a half feet tall, but they are, they, you know, they discovered these in a cave. And, uh, but I don't know, you know, what's been done lately as far as how they fit into the, you know, if they are part uh, human species or I think they are. Uh, but so the author was talking about that, which actually was a factual part of the story. I want to ask a question. Um, there was one story by Carl Schroeder, I believe his name is, and I can't remember exactly what the story's name was, because uh, I know we we mentioned a, a novel by his that we were thinking possibly of reading Ventus, although perhaps everyone's already read it, which I haven't. But I was wondering, um, how different is the actual novel from the story? Because I found this story to be a little bit uh, too intellectual for me, put it that way. I don't even think I read... What was the story about that? Uh, him? Ventus? Yes! I read that. Oh my gosh, what a good book! Oh, but we won't discuss that, but I have to say, you brought it up, Martin, and oh my goodness, what a book! Thank you, Evan. Uh, that was Too High from Far Silesia, or Silenia. Uh, that was about... Um, these virtual communities that people are... And actually, there is a famous one that's already around that has its own economy and its own currency called Second Life that's pretty famous. It's been around for uh, quite a few years now, and there must be other ones, I'm sure. Um, but um, that's not based on any novel, as far as I know. Um, um, I saw... Oh, I wanted to mention Tideline, because Lissy and I both liked that one a lot. That was about the robot with the boy on the beach. Um, we both like that one quite a bit. That's one of our, actually, one of our standouts. It was a really good story, and we both, we both really thought it was great. And the calculus plague was kind of a fun little story, uh, which had a lot of implica- which has a lot of implications. The author could have explored, and that could be a novel. There's one that people are talking about stories that could be. That could be a novel, and what kind of what would happen if people started just infecting people with you know skills or ideas, and if they could put 
If you could put these into viruses and spread them, that's a that's kind of a chilling possibility, though it has its upside. But boy, it has its downside too. But I that was a good story, and Mary mentioned it in her message, and I wanted to make sure I didn't forget to mention it because that was a nice little story that could have gone a lot further. But it was good the way it was. And we have someone named Bob S. Welcome. Yes, I'm glad you like Ventus, uh, Leela. I thought you would. What I was asking is whether his story uh, was had the same style as Ventus, or was Ventus totally different? Oh, Ventus was totally different. It it really was. At least to me, it was. In my opinion, Ventus was totally different. I haven't read Ventus. I read. I think it was called Permanence, and it was that was bizarre. I hope Ventus was better. And Evan, is Accelerando on Bookshare? I don't think on board at all. It's on both, but if you think that um, if you think Permanence is weird, you'll think Accelerando is much much weirder. It's most of it is in a post singularity environment, and it's extremely weird. Uh, Rogue Farm is tame by comparison to a lot of Accelerando, and it's then there's a lot of technical language in it too. I mean. By about eight or ten minutes in it, he's talking about state vectors and stuff like that. It's if you don't mind skating past technical terms, or if you know what they mean, or are willing to look them up. If you're willing to do one of those three things, then uh, then uh, then you may enjoy it. But if not, then uh, you probably won't enjoy it that much because it's quite far out. But Ventus, yeah, Ventus is quite different. Um, I haven't read Permanence yet. I've got it on my, uh, I've got it on my uh, Bard uh, card from uh, my book sense. But I'm reading a book called Lady of Mazes by Carl Schroeder right now that's set in the same universe as Ventus, and involves 3340, which is the AI villain in Ventus, and. Uh, but I will probably finish it next week or so, and then I've got to find somebody, you know, somebody put it to proofread it. But um, yeah, I don't know about permanence yet. But Ventus is quite imaginative. I really thought that it was a it was a great book. But this, um, as far as the style goes, I think Leela's right. It's very different. I actually think that. Um, because if I'm not mistaken, I get my stories mixed up. Um, the Silena one is—it's about the virtual reality thing. That I'm really looking forward to when we actually have that available. I mean, I know it's getting there, but it's like I want that sooner because it would be so cool to actually be able to do things in virtual reality. I think it'd be neat. That's the one where they have to track down the stolen plutonium, and they go, and then they look for, you know, they go to um, one virtual reality, which is not the one, but it leads you to the next one, and then and then they're on the boat in the end, and uh, the guy who's, well, never mind, I'm not going to spoil it, because somebody people haven't read it, but uh, you know the one I'm talking about now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was a good story. He's a good author, I have to say. I need to... Um, read more of him because he's a he's a good author and I can tell by reading that short story and by reading Ventus he has different styles of writing which I like. And I'm wondering, and that would be something that probably Mary would be good at. 
how many authors in this collection are are uh, available? Have books available on Bard or Bookshare right now? Let's just say Bard to start with. I can tell you, Paolo Bacigalupi does. The Wind Up Girl is there, and in a different science fiction anthology, he's got a story called the um, Calorie Man. I think quite a few are, and I'll bet you if they're not on Bard, they're definitely on Bookshare. Bookshare has a lot more books than Bard does, I noticed. And not only of the science fiction genre, but of others as well. Finished that book, uh, The Wind-Up Girl. I thought it was excellent. I really recommend it. And uh, Elizabeth Bear's got a trilogy on Bard. Um, oh, what order are they in now? Dust... Chill and Grail, I think they're called. There are three books about this uh, big generation ship that's uh, I haven't gotten around to reading yet. But uh, so she's the one that wrote Tideline in this book, and her trilogy is on Bard. First one is Dust, then Chill, then Grail. I'm pretty sure um, it's got uh, humans and AIs, and it's uh, pretty far future stuff from what I've heard. Um, didn't we do the first one of those here? Or uh, Mary? Well, see, it's hard to remember who's read what. Uh, Mary's read everything, just about. Uh, I think she read one of them at least. Uh, but I don't remember if we talked about that or not or at the club. I think we read Dust, if I'm not mistaken. I I know I knew her name, and a lot of the authors' names that I knew came from here either by reading them or by hearing from them from you guys. You, Evan, Mary, and, um, um, oh, what is his name? Um, not Marshall, but, uh, oh, what was that guy's name who used to be the moderator? Um, I can't remember his name, but you'll remember. He's Nolan's friend, and I can't remember. J.R., uh, yeah, that was J.R. Um, Bard has four other, four books by Charles Strauss that I know of, Glass House and the Accelerando that I mentioned, and Saturn's Children and Neptune's Brood, which I don't have, I haven't read, I read Glass Houses, that's pretty far out too. Um, and Saturn's Children and Neptune's Brood uh, take place in a... I think everything's told from a robot point of view or android point of view. Humans, I think, are extinct in in that future scenario. And I'm trying to think of who else has... Neil Asher doesn't, unfortunately, have anything on... He's got 12 books on Bookshare and none on Bard. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else has books on uh, Bard. And I really... Carl Schroeder's got lots of books on Bard, so you know, at least half a dozen or more. Um, and I mentioned Elizabeth Bear, and I don't know um, if there are any others. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. What was the name of the story? Because I, you know, about the employer where they exposed the employer for or the employer for being Jewish. I, I'm sure I read it, but it's, I can't remember anything about it. I don't think I want to go back. A lot of these stories that you mentioned, I'm going to probably go back and look at them a second time. That was the story about the waitress and her sister, I think. They lived together, and um, her sister was always going out and kind of having the good life, and the waitress was just kind of serving her employers, and um, the employers was the 
the Kuntz, I think that was their name, or the Dunts, or something like that. And um, I don't remember the name, but it was, and they would switch from the waitress to these newspaper headlines and stuff like that. That one was called Escape to Other Worlds with Science Fiction. What a very odd title for an odd story, but an intriguing story. That's right. And I didn't get, you know, sometimes you can get the title with the story, but I didn't get the title with the story there. Okay, now that was the one that took place in that alt- alternate his- history where where the Germans had won and, and, and the United States was sort of a, a, fascist, a, a fascist country, you know, following... You know, Germany and, 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 and Japan, I guess. Yeah, did you get the part? I didn't understand what people were lining up for. That's what, you know, I never did understand. I don't know if they were lining up to get on a spaceship or, or what the deal was. But apparently it sounded like some people were choosing to go stand in line to be taken somewhere. Maybe, for, maybe to the gas chambers. Well, as I was talking, I was thinking that was, might be more ominous and, and maybe more obvious than I had thought. Oh, what a scary thought. I'm sure glad the war went the way it did. Yikes. This is the one thing that I do like about these stories, is they did make me think. Like, um, for instance, the rogue farm was a human basically growing fruit and, I think, fruit and plant life, if I'm not mistaken. And, wow. And then, of course, there's the... um, there's the um, one where the Evan mentioned it, where the guy got stuck under the rock. Um, you know, he had augmentations that he could swim, and he he wouldn't get cold. And um, you, you just it's just interesting to think where we could go in science fiction. I mean, sometimes I don't think of things until I read a story and I'm like, oh wow, wouldn't it be interesting if we went this way? And kind of like the um, you know, like the the robot basically she gave the robot person, she gave him his rights and he kind of left her for it. He knew he'd come back, but I don't know that she did. And you're right, Evan, it was Bicentennial. That was a great, great movie. Um, Sherry, you were mentioning that that one, um, that second person. That, I was wondering, too, if at the end, where, well, I guess I won't spoil it either, but, um, you, you, I can't, I still don't know if it, if she was the girl or if she was a clone or something like that. Because in the introduction, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it said something about a clone or something. I, yeah, I never figured that out either. And I think maybe the author left it ambiguous so that you could draw your own conclusions. But it was an intriguing idea that a drug overdose could have just basically wiped her brain clean and they can try to reconstruct it, but she thinks she's a different person. So, you know, I don't know. Um, maybe I should have read the introduction. I tend to just skip all the author introductions and go right for the stories. Those introductions were one thing that I really um, found that I didn't care much for in this anthology. 
more than most anthologies, in that I felt like they were telling me what I was going to read instead of letting me decide for myself. I wanted to jump in. I like the introductions. They made reading the stories more interesting. I wish the science fiction magazines did that. So you kind of know what you're getting. I don't like to be surprised. I'm bad. I like to know kind of, is this a story about post-humans? Is this alternate history? I uh, I like introductions, too. And also, um, I found out about... I find out about people's novels from some of these introductions. Uh, Gardner does was great about that. Um, I wouldn't have found out about the Golden Age trilogy if I hadn't written if I hadn't read uh, one of his best of year anthologies. And that's another reason why I like short stories, even though I'm years behind on my magazines. I really it gives me a sense of what the author is like, and it makes me in a crowded field and only so many hours in the day. It gives me an idea as to whose novels I might want to try. Um, and the short stories give me a sense. Is this author really imaginative? Is this author, you know, kind of, you know, what's he write like? Is he, is, is he interested in alternate history? Is he interested in, you know, it gives me a way to get, uh, to eliminate some people maybe, or at least to put them lower down on the list, because I don't like to eliminate people totally, because you never know, they might write something totally cool, uh, even if they don't most of the time. But, it puts it gives me an idea as to who to put at the top or close closer to the top, um, and you know that's how I found out about you know reading some of Charles Strauss's work or Hanu Raniemi or I'll never learn to pronounce that guy's name. Um, uh, I have a trilogy of his here that I'd like to put up on Bookshare uh, at some point. Um, um, from you know he's written three novels that I know of, but you know they're not on Bard or Bookshare. I like his shorter work. I mean, that's another reason why I do like to read anthologies, because it gives me a sense of what people are doing and what I might want to try, you know. It gives me, you know, and I like the introductions because they tell me what I can look forward to, what kind of story it is, what the author does, what else he's written. You know, there there are lots there's a lot of good reasons why I like these intros. Yeah, I think I'm just the opposite. I don't want anything spoiled, and too often the intro tells me more than I want to know. I never read the information on the book jackets either for the same reason however if i like a story then i'll go back and read the introduction to see like you said the novels that the person's written and maybe more about the person i tend to like the introductions to me they're not spoilers they're more like um, setting the scene for me and um i i really uh, do like short stories because it's well, for a couple of reasons. First of all, it encapsulates things. And if if you really, like this was a great book to do during the holiday season because several of us didn't finish it. Now, if you didn't finish the novel, you really, if it were a novel and you didn't finish, you'd be lacking a whole lot more, at least um, with the short stories. If You know, I know that I'm going to finish this book, but... To tell you the truth, after I uh, shut down the computer tonight, I'm going to switch to Christmas Fair, you know, reading some Christmas things and then save the rest of this book till after the holidays. It's intrigued me enough that I do want to go back and finish it. But with a novel, I couldn't have done that. I'd have to finish it or I'd forget what was going on, if you know what I mean. And actually, some of these stories like Bombs and Bread... I find fascinating not to be told, um, you know, to to have the details be really, really sketchy. I I sort of like sometimes to be given the chance to write my own endings. I don't know if you remember back when The Sopranos was coming to an end. 
you don't really know what happened to Tony. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, can't stop believing or whatever, and then all of a sudden the screen is blank. I mean, did he get his brains blown out? What happened? You can, uh, I think that's powerful. You can sort of write your own ending, and uh, you can come to your own conclusions. And I also like the symbolism in some of these stories, uh, like uh, the Strood and also in, in the, the Waters of Meribah, where where the guy was just gradually putting on um, more and more of this body. And it sort of reminds me of how we just gradually get absorbed into a society. We get um, absorbed into, it could be a political party, or it could be a certain ideology, and um, a person's thoughts gets a little bit less and less of their own. And, and, And it does feel like sometimes there are these tentacles, like that hand coming out and grabbing you, and I thought it was sort of humorous and funny, but also sad and foreboding when at the end you hear the thump as his head hits the, uh, you know, the level of the, that multi-level place because it wasn't needed anymore. And um, the, the fact that when that alien did appear to him, he appeared with no head. And um, to me, that was very symbolic because sometimes I wonder about in society how some people have just sort of lost their heads and they don't reason for themselves. Well... I think that kind of highlights why I think it was a great idea to do an anthology because it just shows that there's something for everyone in here. Um, and, you know, even if people don't like a lot of the stories, there's something in here for that everyone pointed out that they liked. Um, and, you know, it, it just gives us a great overview of what's going on in the field. It's obviously a very big field in terms of what's going on in modern science fiction. All the stories are all kinds. You know, um, Gardner Dozois is correct, though. There are some, you know, general tendencies. Things are not as far out in space as they were um, years ago. They're closer to home. They do have, they tend to have more uh, certain elements. Many of the stories, you know, had the AIs and VR and robots and stuff like that, and he's right about that, but it's still a huge variety of stories, uh, and there's just, uh, it's amazing how diverse people's tastes are, and can still find something in here to be thought-provoking and to be enjoyable, and I, that's why I think it was a great idea to pick this book. I think, I, I definitely agree, I think definitely there's something in here for everybody, and that if you stick with it and look around, you'll find something hard SF or very speculative or even that alternate history that would be of interest to you. I wanted to jump off topic only briefly to tell all of you that Goodreads Choice Awards um, picked The Martian as best for science fiction this year, and we read it a few times ago, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. The Martian. That wasn't a bad book. We have to talk about our next book anyway. It's getting it's getting kind of late, so we have to move off off of the uh, topic anyway. So, um, any ideas for uh, the next book? Um, there was one, and I don't know how good it is. It's kind of short. It's called Year Zero, and it's sort of a humorous thing about aliens who come to Earth. And I forget what they're doing, but it's because Earth has caused the intergalactic copyright to go haywire. I can go pull it up in just a second if people think it's something they even are remotely interested in. I'm not sure how good it would be. It just seemed different. Is that Cory Doctorow? Sounds familiar, kind of. Yeah, bring it up real quick. 
If it's Cory Doctorow, I like him. Although, he had a short story in there. What was it? Does anyone remember? It's near the end. I didn't get that far, so I don't remember what it was. Just what you said made me laugh out loud. It's called Year Zero. It's actually by somebody named Robert Reed. It's, um... Yeah, Robert Reed's got several books on Bard, by the way. They're pretty far future. I've read quite a bit of his stuff in Asimov's over the years, and he's... uh, He's pretty good, though for some reason I just, he doesn't strike me as A-list, but still, he's got some good stuff. Year Zero sounds fascinating from what you've said, you know, I'd like to know the synopsis, but um, I I don't know, that sounds like an interesting premise from the little bit you've described. Yeah, the only reason I thought it might be Cory Doctor is because he's always interested in copyright and copyleft and all that stuff, so I thought it might have been him. Because I thought I heard of the title before, but um, Cory Doctor always springs to mind when people start talking about copyrights. Now you mentioned Dustin and those other two books. Uh, you know, I wonder, I wonder if there's any way of finding out if we've, if we've read them already or not. As I say, I, you know, we could have, and I don't remember it, but it, it doesn't sound familiar to me to have, you know, have had read it before. Let me go look on Bard. David, if you would... If you could pull up the year-end book, the year-end book, the year zero book, and I'll pull up the dust book, and uh, I will let us know if we read that one. Unless, Do you know if we read that one? It sounds familiar, but I don't know if it's one that Mary has mentioned or if we read. Do you know if we read it, Evan? I don't remember. I didn't read it. And I usually read whatever the club reads, so that's an indicator that we didn't. But it really does, it, I, for some reason, it sounded... I thought we might have, even though I didn't read it. Um, I'd have to go through and look at all the news wires and see if I can find it. But uh, And that might take some time, which we don't really have um, right now. But I could look it up for next month and be sure that whether we read it or not. But I I just don't remember now. Really, how can you, how will you know if we've read it or not just by bringing it up in Bard? Because for the most part, I've kind of read what the club has read, too. Okay. I have it um, on board, and I'll try to read it. It's years. It's by John Hotchman, and I'm sorry, it's read by um, Hotchman. Lawyer John Corder is shot. We lost you, David. It's saying, um, okay, aliens bankrupted the Earth because of copyright infringement. It is up to lawyer uh, Nick to rescue the situation. They don't give a lot here. What's the length of the book and is year zero spelled the number zero or is it Z-E-R-O? Z-E-R-O. I have it so that I can have my iPad read it if you guys want me to. Sounds good. Okay, give me just a second. I've got to select it. Okay, here we go. Let's see if we can get this to work. Lawyer Nick Carter is shocked when he is approached by aliens Carly and Frampton. Earth has bankrupted the universe due to massive copyright infringements committed by the extraterrestrials since 1977. It is up to Nick and his copyright law skills to save the universe. Unrated. Commercial Audiobook 2012. That's the whole thing. And it's nine hours and five minutes. You know what? We did read Dust. Evan, it's about the um, ship that's kind of dying and the... One of the girls have angel wings, and uh, she's a prisoner, and it ends up that the um, servant is basically feeding her sister. Is that kind of ringing a bell? 
Yep, and I think I found it. August 9, 2012, it looks like, was the Newswire that has it in it. Um, and I didn't read it, and I don't know what how that happened. Hmm, that's mysterious. You didn't read that? I'm a little bit surprised. How in the world did you do that, Evan? My goodness. I can't believe you found that. Wow. Yeah, we did read it, and it was a good book. It was uh, for August to 2012, and we had just read The Illustrated Man, because Ray Bradbury passed away, and we read Dust that meeting, and I did not read it. Kill me now. <laughs> I think I read that on my own. It had something to do with the, the girl with wings, and her wings got destroyed, and then this nanotechnology made her new wings, and I didn't realize it's part of a trilogy, because was that book ever weird? That was a great book, and... Evan, I bet I know why you didn't. It's the summer, and I wonder if you traveled that month. Yep, that's what happened. But I still, I can read while I'm traveling. I got plenty of bus station time when I travel. Uh, I don't know why. I just uh, can't explain that. That's going to go down as one of those unsolved mysteries that will never, ever be solved. So, I don't know. Uh, we have year zero on the table. And I know Lissy and I were talking uh, a few days ago. Um, Mary and I have both done a favorite from our list of favorites that we posted to the list. Um, but we haven't done one from Sherry yet. And we kind of felt like we should do one from her list soon, if not this month, then you know, next month or... Uh, because we kind of think that we should get one from her list before too much longer. And um, frankly, I, I'm not that fond of most of her books. No, no offense, Sherry. Um, but I do want to read the El Sprague de Camp book that's on there. I think it's time travel, and it's got dinosaurs in it. And I've always been a big dinosaur fan, and I'm sure you know the one I'm talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, no offense taken, Evan. I, I know you're not a big time travel thing, and most of the ones on that list are time travel. Um, let me find that one really quick. It's, um, it's yeah, it is, uh, it, the premise is there's a guy who, lead, him and his partner lead time travel trips to take people back to hunt dinosaurs, and some people want to hunt them, and, and some people want to, you know, just take pictures of them, and you know, what could go wrong, and there's lots of things that go wrong. It is a series of, so not exactly, sh I guess they are short stories, but they're sort of vignettes of different trips that he takes. Like one chapter will be a rich guy and his wife, and the next chapter will be this, this Yahoo that wants to shoot everything in sight. So they're different people that he takes back, but it's all connected. But I can find the title if people are interested in that one. That does sound interesting. Sherry, could you possibly post your list of favorites again to the science fiction list? I'd like to see it. I uh, just joined that list. It's funny. I read that, that dinosaur thing. I don't know. I must. I guess we didn't read it for the club. I must have read it on my own because I, I do remember the different trips and how they go back. And I think the guy had an, a Hindu working with him as, as uh, his partner on that thing, and they took... It was like safaris going back in time. And, yeah, Stephen Utley wrote a bunch of those for Asimov's. They're called the Silurian Tales. And he, he had time traveling back to, I don't know if it was just, I don't think it was just the dinosaurs, but he had a similar premise to the El Sprague de Camp book, I believe. And he published some short stories in Asimov's about that. And, uh, yeah, I found that uh, Newswire 
Windows Search, I, I wasn't sure it would help me out, but it did. So uh, I didn't have to look through those news wires. I just looked for Elizabeth Bear, and the news wire that was her name was in it popped up. Cool. It's called Rivers of Time, and if someone's on BARD, if they could check and see if it's there, because I might have read it on cassette. And again, it's Rivers, plural, of time. Gotcha. Hold on. Hal Anderson's famous for his Time Patrol series. I like those as well. Oh, I love the Time Patrol series, but that was a different author. It's there. It's 7 hours, 20 minutes. How long is your end? Somebody said it was 9 hours. Um, I, it's not too long. I do want something short for this month because we're all busy during the holiday season. So... Uh, but uh, I think Year Zero sounds pretty interesting. Uh, I would go either way. I, um, if it was my vote, if I was deciding, I would vote for the Rivers of Time. But if people want to go with Year Zero, I'm happy with that. Why don't we do Rivers of Time now and get back to Year Zero in a few months? I agree. We can do uh, Rivers of Time this month and Year Zero next. Hey, it would work because it's January. Yeah, and it's classic SF. It's it's you know it's not modern. You know it's it's straightforward. It's probably fun. I don't know. You know I don't know how much it'll be. Fun. I don't know what kind of tone he takes. But whatever he does, it's it'll be fun. He's a classic writer. You know he's good. You know it'll be fun. Uh, not really heavy, like some of these stories are. So uh, it's great, a great choice for the holidays if people want to go with that. Well, it's definitely fun, and it's definitely not heavy. So, yeah, it is good holiday fare. And it's read by a great narrator, if you like James Delotel. Yes, I do. I do like him. He, wrote, he read some of the classic science fiction. He read Ringworld and Ringworld Engineers, and oh, he read some other good things, too. So, uh Okay, I will close up the recording by saying that we all will do Rivers of Time by L. Sprague de Camp for our next meeting, which is going to be on January 8th, 2015. So have a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. If I've forgotten anyone, I apologize. So, uh, okay, take care. Anyone have that number of the book? Yeah, hold on. And by the way, it does say nine short stories. The DB number is... Four zero five seven eight. Four zero five seven eight.